I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Hello, all you lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 92 of Game Life Balance Australia. I'm your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by a highly intelligent gaseous life form drifting through some far-off nebula, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. Gaseous? Gaseous. You mean gaseous? Gaseous. Gaseous? Look, my car... That's racist. (laughs) Look, to my kind, gaseous means something completely different. Oh, and how dare you say that about my mother, my rather gaseous mother at that. I'm gaseous. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. That's Sir Gaseous to you. Timmy. Now salute. No, no, no. Not with your hands, with your gas. Go and fart or something. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't had nearly enough tacos for that. <laughs> well, no, but you did have a lot of burritos. That's true. That's true. I did. burritos. I did eat a lot of your, your, your wife's delicious burritos. <laughs> that sounds weird. It's not. I just ate burritos. Yes. We, we cooked chicken burritos yes. and you ate a lot of chicken burritos. I did. For dinner. I did. I went back for many more. I went, I went back for seconds and then I went back for thirdses. Thirdsies. Mm-hmm. Thirdses. Thirdsies. Third ores. Yeah, I said, please, sir, can I have as some we more? Say, as a gaseous life form. Mm-hmm. Gaseous life forms is nowhere near as fun as you think. No. The, the upshot is you can get through keyholes. <laughs> that's right. That's the, that's the significant plus. Yeah. Uh, the, the bad thing is that you get mixed in with uh, bad smells. Yeah, that's right. Like, um, I don't know, anything in Sydney or Melbourne? <laughs> You're floating along the Yarra in Melbourne? God, that place stinks. <laughs> You know, the problem is all this gaseous life form. It's the bad eggs that have given us a bad name. <laughs> Indeed, it is the bad eggs. Badum ching. And with that... <laughs> yes, we're, we're, we're hitting them out of the park already. Yeah. Robbie, my solid uh, life form-based friend. That's right. I'm, I'm, one thing people always say about me is that I'm solid. That's what everyone's Actually, always... Actually, no, a lot of people don't say that about you. <laughs> I'm, I'm more... Of- Wishy-washy, kind, kind of, a, of liquid. a liquidy sort of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. say what you will about gaseous life forms, but the liquid guys, yeah, a uh, cup yeah. and a half of cowardice, as you, we say in the well, business. You might say we're a bit of a slippery bunch, I <laughs> Oh, I think I might have to fire you for that, Helmsman. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd go for like a sci-fi themed silly name to call you, AC. Yeah, no, no, it, it works in the context of today's game. It's a bit of a sci-fi themed episode this week because we're reviewing Faster Than Light, or uh, FTL. F-T-L? Uh-huh. Uh, on the... Uh, the Fuck con- Tasmania, Luma <laughs> <Lama> bitch. <laughs> I was going to say llama for them for some reason. <laughs> Fuck Tasmanian llamas. And I went, that's not going to make sense. And then I said something that completely didn't make sense. Well, the you know, Tasmanian llamas are known for their uh, their scurrilous ways. Oh, and, they're, and they're faster than light travel. They're actually pretty hard to get your hands on. <laughs> so we are going to be doing the 2012 game Faster Than Light. 
So FTL, uh, this is a popular indie roguelike game, I guess you'd call it. It's, it's definitely roguelike because it's randomly generated, I suppose. Yeah, it has roguelike elements. It's also a space sim. It's also mm. a real-time strategy. It's kind of a funny combination of different things. A resource management definitely is pretty high up on that list as well, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting... I think the best way to describe it is kind of like a... Like a... <sighs> like a star trek simulator or like a space opera simulator or something like that you know yeah there's no plot to no, speak of not really. not really there's a very loose plot yeah, yeah 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 i mean you know people are trying to kill you who are called rebels you mm-hmm. are the non-rebels uh-huh. trying to get somewhere that's it that's all you're given yeah you have a ship at the start of the game you, you select your ship at the start i mean when you first play the game you have no choice you just get the default yep um, you have three crew, and the ship's composed of different like rooms with different systems in them. And so, your crew can operate different systems in the ship as you sort of fly so through the So there's more than three systems, of course. Yeah. So there mm-hmm. is, uh, at, at the base game, mm. there is uh, obviously the cockpit, the helm. Yes, there's the cockpit. Uh, uh, there is the door mechanisms. Yes, the doors, yes. Very important, the scanners, uh-huh. uh, the weapons, the mm-hmm. shields, and the oxygenation unit. Oh, and the engines, yeah. yeah. And... Um, if you, if you send one of your crew to man one of those systems, generally you get some kind of boost or advantage to that that system. Um, so, for example, having someone in the engine room helps your ship to sort of go faster and dodge and evade mm. enemy weapons. Having someone in the, in the shields um, system will, you know, help to, like, bring your shields back up online more quickly when they've been, when they've been knocked out and that sort of thing. So... Yeah, so it has that role-playing game element where you're assigning your crew to different systems and as they do the work in those in those systems they get better at doing that job so mm. you'll get end up with someone who's like a very specialized like i'm very good at using shields or i'm very good at being in the engine room and, and you kind of want to put them there um as best you can and if one of them dies god forbid then you, you've really lost a bit of an asset for your your ship so yeah the, the game is pretty simple to look at it's just this top-down view of your ship um you know a 2d sort of diagram like or a blueprint of your ship basically and you move your crew around um and then there were different backgrounds behind the 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 ship so visually it's not like the most impressive game it's kind of simple um a lot of the action takes place kind of in your imagination because it has this sort of choose your own adventure quality where you jump into a a new system or a new sort of um you know solar system i suppose and um star system and 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 it'll pop up with some text you know like there's some sort of situation happening in that system. Like uh, maybe there's a pirate ship there or um, there might be a distress beacon and there's someone seeking your help. All these different scenarios and, and you have these options to pick from. Like do you want to help or avoid them or do you want to attack or these sorts of things. And depending on your choices, different options happen and you can find yourself in combat or sometimes you get rewarded for your choices, these kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. And I think we should also talk about the graphical interface as well because it's usually just basically a static shot mm. with almost like overlays kind of going, you know, the shields will appear and disappear and <coughs> the, the ship will fire things, but not necessarily in the same position that the um, that you see the, the ship on the screen. Yeah, It'll yeah. just be almost like a couple of GIFs. Yeah, GIFs. yeah, like it's kind of happening. The ship operates like if you if your weapons if you fire up your weapons if you turn them on, the weapons on the ship will kind of like pop out and, yeah. and they'll start to light up and but, things like that. But there's nothing fantastic yeah. or or you know particularly 
uh, amazing about the graphics. They're sprite-based, mm. obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's... And you do see the little blokes and Sheilas in your ship kind of <laughs> running around. That's right, yeah. And, and aliens and, and rock boys as well and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of... it's In that particular scenario, it kind mm. of reminds me of Red Alert. Yeah. Like kind of like real-time strategy in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. But there's also like a kind of a, a wider array of things to do on the outside of the ship as well when mm. you're attacking the other ship. So yeah. there's something going on the inside, which is kind of resource management. And there's something going on the outside, which is mm. kind of more attack and like combat strategy. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and there's, there's sort of layers to this game, isn't there? Because of the, mm. the way you can divert power from one system to another. And um, you only have so much power in your reactor but there's all these different systems in the ship that you can power up so Hmm. you can do things like they do in star trek like divert all power to shields or something like that you know to get maximum defense or you can turn off your shields and actually put all that power into like your engines if you want to move fast or i mean just giving examples but it's interesting and these are always good and i of course being me will always attack someone's life support system (laughs) while also taking power off my own life support system (laughs) yeah yeah that's the cool thing in combat you can target enemy systems yeah so you can like knock out their weapons and they can't shoot back you can can knock out their engines so they can't escape yeah and you can do things like um attack the crew there are certain weapons that will not damage the ship but will actually sort of just hurt the crew like a fire beam that just sets fires inside the enemy ship or a a bomb that teleports inside and explodes and um you can do things like get teleporters and send your crew to like invade like boarding actions Hmm. um and if you do manage to kill all the crew on an enemy ship without blowing it up um you can salvage a lot of 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 stuff from the ship so that's kind of like the the dream scenario is killing everyone on board while I'm um, not blowing up the ship. Um, yeah, so you can salvage everything at the mm. end. And even if you blow it up, you're going to get some salvageable materials, basically. Mm. There's fuel that you need to go into FDL. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there is the, the currency, which is, I think, scrap. Yeah, I think that's right. Mm. And well, you can just call it credits. It doesn't really matter either way. And, yeah. you know, you can get weapons and, and all that sort of things as well. So there is a, there is a lot to take um stock of Mm. but there's kind of i like to think of it as three different systems you've got the crew on the ship yeah who you can basically boss around to do what to do your bidding yeah yeah there is the outside status of your ship about what you want to attack and what you want to do to another ship and then there's also Mm. the energy requirements about how you resource manage what goes into every system yeah and you know how you want to place things so your crew can heal or you don't care about that and you want to put more energy into shields or weapons yeah it's really really interesting how that that system they've set up with those three elements like the crew the enemies and the and the and the energy sort of the 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 systems management it um it works together to create some really interesting kind of dramatic scenarios that just emerge out of the out of the gameplay without without any like these are not scripted events but i've had things happen that are like really like exciting or like edge of your seat Mm. type moments that that were not deliberate it just came it just happened because randomly the game just presented this scenario to me and i happened to have this particular ship with these particular people and this issues that like i had one i had one scenario where like my whole ship was on fire and all my crew were hiding in the med bay and they were being healed in the med bay but we couldn't leave because the entire ship was on fire. I ended up like I think opening up all the um, all the hatches and blowing the fire out of the out of the ship um, 
using the, all the uh, airlocks. Yeah, yeah with the airlocks, and then slowly my way, making my way through the ship and repairing all the systems like one by one. But the, obviously, the priority is the O2 because yeah. when the O2 goes, you just die. Even though we're stuck in the med bay healing, we're we're, we're suffocating because <laughs> there's no oxygen. So <laughs> hmm. it's quite it's really interesting. Some of these little weird scenarios you find yourself in. Yeah, so um, it is randomly generated. No yeah. matter where you go, you will come, <clears throat> sometimes you'll come across absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, some and often you you might come across like a refugee ship or a criminal ship or a pirate ship or an autonomous drone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might come across a scout ship. And it's important to mention mm. that as you go through the system, usually from the left side of the screen, yeah. the enemies will start slowly advancing. Yeah. And it looks slow, but every time you make a jump, mm. they progress. Yeah. And there's no straight line to the exits. So mm. You kind of have to visit different systems to get to the exit, which is a beacon, mm. to make the jump to the next sector. Yeah. And uh, so that's the sort of thing that's putting pressure on you to progress. Is yeah, that if so you, that's your ticking clock. Yeah. If you dick around too much, the rebel fleet will catch up with you. And then you have to have some very, very difficult fights um, uh, to escape. Um, yeah. So it's it's a very, cl- it's a very like cleverly made game that um, it's, it's much, it produces something much greater than the sum of its parts when it's all working yeah. and you're seeing it all happen. It is quite immersive and, and, and really does, I think, give you that feeling of being at the helm of a starship and like having to make tough decisions about your crew, survival and things like that. So, because some people will come yeah. to you and ask for help. So mm, like in mm. the, when we were playing uh, this, uh, this evening, there were people who at the start of the game in Sector 1 were saying, oh, can you please help us? And we'll go, yes, we are brave ex- we were space adventurers. We will help anyone who, <laughs> you know, fires off a distress beacon. And we mm. defeated all the pirates. And then towards the end of the Sector 3, mm-hmm. we had like, we had only had about two or three juice left in our energy. And it's like, mm. help us, help us. We need two energy. It's like going... Mm. Sorry, can't help you out here. That's Space right. is a tough environment. That's right. That's right. They wanted fuel. They were stuck. They had no fuel. And, and we were going to be stuck if we gave them fuel. Yeah. So, so we're like, sorry, buddy. We've got to keep this fuel for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cold world out there in space. Or indeed, a not world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, so, it, it's that sort of survival element to it as well, where you are kind of... Yeah, it's resource management and, and a little bit of an element of like a survival game. Yeah, there's definitely survival because it's um, just through the management of and, and the combat uh, situations that you find yourself in. And, you know, yeah. you, you can help people. You can not help people. Mm. Sometimes we were helping people. We were helping ships that were under attack by pirates. Mm. Uh, the ship died anyway. The pirates died and we get a lot less than what they're offering us for their bribe yeah that's right yeah so sometimes <laughs> sometimes yeah, it doesn't work out even yeah. if you are the fantastic hero you think you are in your brain yeah it's really interesting the way the game kind of yeah you'll, you'll encounter someone and it's not just a straight combat scenario they'll be like leave us alone and we'll give you this yeah. or like let us attack this civilian and we'll split the spoils kind of thing yeah. like these sorts of like moral quandaries that you find yourself in and it's not always the case that picking the the like the honourable or noble path is the is the best option. So not in terms of what yeah. you get for resources. And and you know, there's mm-hmm. no reputation out there. So just because you save people mm-hmm. because it's randomly generated. Yeah. That doesn't mean that, you know, people are gonna go, Oh my god, you're those fantastic space heroes. We'll give you anything you want. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you just jump from system to system. And it's important to keep that in mind. Yeah. That your reputation does not precede you. Yeah, that's right. So the game keeps going in this sort of this way where you cruise through these different sectors and have all these different weird and interesting adventures on the way mm. until you eventually reach, if you survive, um, the eighth sector where you have to fight the, um, the enemy battleship or flagship, I think it's called. 
I've beat it. I've beaten it a few times um, in the standard difficulty setting, but yep. there's a DLC pack that you can get that we didn't play with tonight. That no, no, adds this a few just, more. This is just vanilla. Yeah, the DLC adds a couple of extra systems to the game that I think make it annoying rather than like more fun and challenging. More challenging, yeah. Um, it does make the game harder, but I think they're also just like like irritating um i haven't i don't think i may have beaten the game once on in, in with the dlc activated but i've beaten it several times with the dlc like turned off so i think that's there mainly if you if you need that extra challenge um, does it does it give you anything at the end after you beat it to like to to, in terms of yeah. like rewards or in terms of the story as well like uh yeah like it does yeah i think if you beat Oh, I can't remember what happens. Yeah, like the story is very, very unimportant in this, but yeah, um, it's know, very it is vague. a very slight one. Like, because mm. like, the rebels are basically like winning in this yeah. scenario. Like they're about to take over and become the new empire, I suppose. And yeah. the Feder- you're on, you're in the Federation. Um, I think if you beat the flagship, I think you, it, there is a bit of like a, a victory, but it might be a bit hollow. Or like there's still that sense that the rebels are a, a, yeah, a they're big still threat. advancing. Um, if you beat the game, though, you do get rewarded with, like, new ships to fly. Um, and there's ones that, like, are crewed by aliens. So, you can fly, you can get, like, a rock ship with all the crew of rock people. Oh, okay. Those kinds of those, things. Those guys are pretty cool. Yeah. So They're very sturdy. There's some cool things. Um, like, there's some reasons to come back to the game. Like, I've, I've beaten the game a few times and I still I still come back to it because... I don't know. It's just a lot of fun, and, and as because it's randomly generated, it still seems fresh when you play it. Yeah, and mm. be, and because the um, the graphics are pixel based and and not particularly graphics intensive, mm. Mm. Uh, the upshot to that is that uh, it doesn't look old. It just always looks kind of classic. Mm. I That's suppose right. you could say, and it'll run on almost anything. I'd yeah. wager you could run this on like a really old laptop, and it would be fine. You know, it probably um, could. Yeah. I mean, most of the most of the um, computing power is not in the graphics. It's probably in the um, it's in the in the logic processing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So um, a very accessible game. It's on iPad as well. I should mention. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So there's lots mm-hmm. of different ways to play this game. So um, we should we should talk about what we played today. Yeah. At game Life Balance Australia in the in the Game Life Balance Australia Tower <laughs> here in Canberra. That's right. On the thirty uh, first floor. <laughs> so we ran out a lot of the building to uh, other uh, drug dealers mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I have seen this game in action before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was given this game by a friend of the show, uh, Elchan. Ah, of course. Uh, and then he basically got it for free and gave it to me for free. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. He's going, yeah, I gave it to you for free. I got it for free, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, but I'm glad I got it because it gave me a chance to kind of play around with it. Mm. Although I should say from the outset, mm. Rob was, was my helmsman. <laughs> and I addressed him as such throughout the entire time. He actually did. <laughs> I, I called him Helsworth. I was very much a captain of, mm-hmm. of this, you mm-hmm. know, like standing behind him with my hands behind my back saying, all right, Helmsman, take us to FTL. <laughs> um, that being said, mm. I wasn't an arrogant captain. <laughs> I made a lot of very good decisions. I think you did. I think you were, I think you were a uh, pragmatic captain i want you pragmatic is probably the best way to describe (laughs) me in any position of authority actually yeah uh so that was um yeah that was was fun it was a lot of fun actually i think that's a good way to play the game if you're a new if you're a newcomer is to have definitely me have someone who knows how to play it just do what you want them to just you know Mm. you tell them what to do and they just press the buttons because you're still getting like 99% 99% of the experience of the game without having to like, like just fiddle around with the mouse because yeah. it is a bit it's a bit clicky it is game. it is yeah. a bit clicky it's a bit fiddly yeah, um, yeah. I should say 
like I was following what you were doing. Mm. Now I could follow what you were doing, but with my eyesight the way it is, yeah, um, I was having even with my glasses on, and I was wearing my glasses for once. Thank mm-hmm. you, dear listeners. <laughs> uh, I was having a little bit of trouble seeing the um, the. Uh, the overhead view of the people on screen and who we were controlling. You even turned one of them to be black just yeah. so we could differentiate them. Yeah, yeah, because I think there's a yeah, lot they're of- all white at first. Something that's a bit weird. You'd, you'd hope that they would actually all be kind of differently, kind oh, they, of randomly. I think they do. Or? I think we just got a weird. We just dice got a roll. weird one. Okay. Because yeah, right. when I was the yeah. game I was playing, I had like a black guy as the captain okay. um, when I started. Yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah. Rather than what, what- the hand that just we got a, dealt at the start. Yeah, it was funny. They were all just this, like, just white yeah. dudes. Um, so we got, uh, after we, we didn't name our crew, but we did name the ship. Yes, that's right. <laughs> we did name it the Chinko Wang. Yes, AC <laughs> was in, was insistent on this point. Um, I, I, I just off, off the top of my head, Chinko in Japanese mm-hmm. is a slang word. Oh, basically, basically the word for... Not the real word, scientific word, but the word for penis. Mm-hmm. And Wang is also another word for penis. Put them together, you've got the penis penis or the chinko wang. But the chinko wang actually sounds like it's kind of like a... Um, it does it sound... sounds well to do yeah. until you actually know what it means. <laughs> and the ship is kind of phallic. It is a bit phallic, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Phallic-based, so... Yeah. There's we... two engines in the back and one big, long, broad Yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's a, um, <laughs> someone at the top of that shaft who's controlling everything. Like the cockpit, you might yeah, say. Yeah, the cockpit, indeed. <laughs> we'll tick that off as a big joke for today. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed so, it. Uh, the Chinko Wang actually did pretty well. Uh, yeah. With you at the helm and mm-hmm. me barking orders at you. <laughs> uh, you explaining things and, and, and the way the game works, you know. Yeah. My, you know, because I've seen a bit of Star Trek. Yeah. But that's... I've seen a lot of Stargate, which is basically <laughs> military where it's like, oh, yeah, target... Weapons, shields, life support, or, you know, life support, then then engines, and then whatever. Mm-hmm. So each time we came across one of these things, I was just thinking, yeah, we're going to target their weapons mm-hmm. so they can't fire on us, and we're going to target yeah. their life support. So they're going to be busy in those two places because it, at first you can't really see the, the crew of mm-hmm. the other ship unless you've got someone on scanners. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then you just keep hammering at those two places, and then they eventually blow up. Yeah, that's right. And if they're autonomous... Then you go for um, weapons and then engines and shields or something in that order. Yeah, because there's certain ships that don't have any crew. They're just mm. like automatic little sort of robot ships. And um, that that strategy of you know, killing the crew won't work on those guys. No. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good that they mix it up. Mm. Yeah, there's actually a lot of variety and a lot of replay value to this game. And it, it's funny that, I mean, it came out, in, what, 2012 or something? Yeah, um, that's right, 2012. And I'm still coming back to it and finding reasons to play it so i think that's a really great i mean how many games can you say that about you know um from 2012 not many like oh that just in general a game that you can just keep coming back to year Mm. after year and still find it fun and 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 because it's randomly generated and it's very they got they got it right in terms of level of challenge so that every time you come back it's going to be a different scenario. You're going to be challenged in different and interesting ways. So 
it's not a game that you can master easily and get sick of quickly. It's a game that takes a long time to get good at. And yeah, um, it's definitely. A, yeah, it rewards it rewards people to come. There's back. a lot of replay because mm. you can't save scum in this game. You can save and quit and then come back to it. Yeah, that's like the roguelike element is yeah. that you can't save scum. You have to just see it. It's run based. Like you mm. essentially have to see your run through to the bitter end. Yeah, you, you can't um, just go back and say, "Oh, I made a bad move." And we made a couple of bad moves. Mm. Um, and it's worth saying that for our my first try barking orders, because we're actually playing, uh, we got almost to Sector 4. I say almost. We would have made it to Sector 4, mm. except that we had to record the podcast, and we'd been playing for an hour and a half, so I turned the ship around and we attacked the enemy fleet. Yes, yeah, right. which <laughs> We were devastated in a matter of turns, but it was fun while it lasted because they had teleporters, which they could teleport people on board. We mm. gave it our all. Mm. We got close to defeating that first ship, mm. but there were other ships firing on us and boom. Yeah, we blew, blew, blew up and broke apart. And yep. It's quite dramatic when you die because your ship just sort of, dr- just all these pieces of your ship just drift yeah, apart. Yeah, it explodes, but then it just kind of slowly drifts away yeah, yeah. as you die. So there are a couple of other things to mention about this game. Uh-huh. Uh, the music yeah. is, is, is very um, atmospheric mm. in terms of like the emptiness of space. It does arc up a bit, you know, when you've got a combat situation. Mm-hmm. The very first sector mm. was very, to me, very reminiscent of the BBC's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy TV show. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like a slow kind of almost like electronic sort of noise kind of like mm. reminiscent of the style of graphics that it's in yeah yeah and then it, after that first sector it arcs up a bit and it kind of changes yeah um, the difference is that there's a lot of bass in this or at least with my sound system there's quite a lot of bass mm. so it is it's kind of very ambient music yeah i really enjoy the soundtrack and it's it's unique and, and when you hear when you hear that the music i, I don't know because i played it so much Whenever I hear the music on the title screen, it just sort of like, like triggers me in a good way. You know what I mean? It reminds yeah. me of like, oh yeah, this game's so good. Um, and that, yeah, that sort of ambient electronica kind of vibe yeah. is it's it's kind of beautiful. And even when you're in combat and it ramps up a bit, it's still got that. Yeah, it's it's got that very much that space feel. Yeah, know? it just feels very spacey. <laughs> it's really good. It does, and you know, it, yeah. it is reminiscent of those you know those kind of early. Uh, sci-fi things especially from the bbc who, mm. who mixed around with that music a lot more than they would in the american shows yeah um you know like uh doctor who and hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yeah definitely i think it, it- more as a role-playing game in terms of me being the captain yeah like i was actually yeah. calling you helmsman and i was like <laughs> saying what is- and you know as i said yeah. uh you know not bragging too much but my my orders weren't terrible no, which no, my good. orders are usually pretty bad but there was a strategic matter mm-hmm. i could really see you and i like mm. dressing as like in naval uniforms for twitch yeah and just have like one mm-hmm. one uh camera on us yeah and mm-hmm. you, even like even having like some sort of like joystick in front of you or something despite the fact you're controlling a mouse yeah, yeah. and then like just a small screen of what's going on and then like me just barking orders and like saying all right and move to fdl and then if we die, mm-hmm. here's the great thing, mm. you know, if we, because we'll eventually die. Mm. Then we come back like with different clothes, mm-hmm. different like gelled hair and like a, a, a phony mustache to uh-huh. say that we are our children, like we, we are the captain's children. 
Uh-huh. We are here to do it again. And then, <laughs> then we add an eye patch. Yeah. And then the next time we die, like we, we black out one of our teeth or something like that. You know, just different iterations <laughs> trying to just conquer the universe yeah. with the Chinko Wang. Well, I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. I think, I think it's a game that is a bit intimidating to start with. But once you get into it, you can see why it's what the appeal that it has. Yeah. Because that Definitely. particular vibe that it gives you, it's hard to find in other games. Um, there's not many games like it, really. Yeah. No. Um, mm. It did give me a little bit of the Space Team vibe. Yeah. That's, which is yes. when you, it's a mobile game that you play with other people in the same room. People tell you don't see your control panel. People shout at you mm-hmm. and say you need to fix this. So you need to press buttons on your phone and flip switches and stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's like four people all shouting orders at each other all at the same time. They like, panel three too, and you need to flip that switch and everything. And it is hilarious. <laughs> there's a bit of that, but it's like one person. Yeah, yeah. So I, I do kind of like that mm. as well. Um, the, the one thing I noticed myself doing is that I didn't do anything with the person in the cockpit. There always needs to be someone up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in case, I don't know, like to maneuver the ship, to pilot the ship, but they don't need to be there. They could go to the other parts of the ship and go to the Medibay. They mm-hmm. could man shields or scanners. <laughs> you know, it does take a little bit away from maneuverability, but if mm. you've got big shields, you don't necessarily need someone up there all the time, yeah. you know? Yeah. But in my brain, Captain always stands up the front, <laughs> barking orders. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, look, uh, we'll maybe turn to... Um, our thoughts on the game but i think you can probably already get an inkling from the way we're talking about yeah, it that we had a, a good time a lot of it. people have gushed about this before us yeah but rob what are your thoughts uh yeah i highly recommend this game i think if you can get over the ui the fact that it's graphically not gorgeous and that it's a little bit fiddly systems are a little bit complex this is a game that really really has a lot to offer um it's like a game that builds its own stories. Like you'll come away from this game wanting to tell people about what happened, you know? Um, mm. And I've got a few stories like the one I told about, you know, the whole ship being on fire and things like that, that, that stay with me. And that, that, that kind of some of those unique moments where a video game is, it goes beyond just being like a, uh, you know, what's the word? Like a button mashing kind of exercise to something that, that that lead that sort of impacts you and like leaves you feeling like oh like I don't know it told me a story or I created a story with this game. I that- think it's more story creation because yeah. there's not a lot mm. to go. You know, it's the very bare bones of what you know what's going on out there. So it's how you survive and how you tell that story. Yeah, is you know what the basis for your own kind of internalized plot is. More yeah, than anything else. yeah. Like sometimes you get fond of certain crew members, you know, yeah. and then they'll die that sort of thing or um. I had like the run I'm doing right now. I have, I had like eight crew members and I thought I was doing so well. And then I had a few bad encounters. Now we're down to just three and all of my original crew members are dead. So all everyone who's flying the ship (laughs) is not part of the original crew that left at the start of the game. So just stuff like that happens. I think it's those kinds of things that make this game worth checking out. Hmm. It's very cheap and you can play it on almost anything. So um, if you're into the sci-fi thing or you just want a game that has a, uh, that's very different than anything you ever played before, then um, I definitely would recommend this one. So uh, how do you feel, AC? Look, I feel pretty similar to you. Like, I've known about this game for a while, and I've heard people talk about it, and I've seen videos of it and seen mm. people play it. This time, this, today was the first time I've really kind mm. of gotten my hooks into it a bit, and I, re- I understand the systems a lot more, but if this is your first time playing, I highly and strongly recommend that you play with someone who is more experienced, mm. who can kind of 
basically be your helmsman, mm. man the ship for you, yeah. kind of, or give you advice on how things work. Because if you're like me, you're a bit time poor mm. and you hear like this good game, but it takes a long while to get into it. It's going to put you off. Yeah. And I can see how it could be off-putting to someone, like just the initial mm. way it looks and feels. But um, this is a good, te- dare I say it, team building exercise as well, because you, you've got someone who's experienced, but you've also got someone who's just making the call off the cuff from what they know. Yeah, yeah. And they might do something different to you, or you might be able to recommend something that they might not have thought of in, in terms of how the logic of the game works. Yeah, that's right. So mm. I think if you're playing with someone and you're new, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um if you are going in completely blind, I think you'll enjoy yourself as well. You just got to put in a bit of the hard yards. Yeah, it takes yeah. a little bit. You got to put a in a hard bit. yakka in there. Yeah. All right, great. Well, that's a recommendation for both of yep. us there. The Chinko Wang will live on within our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is giving me a very odd look right now. So, Robbie Rob Rob, the Robbie Rob Rob Helmsman. Helmsman. Mm. Uh huh. Report, please. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Um, Salute, please, Helmsman. <laughs> God, really? <laughs> You're not going to make me do that, Helmsman. <sighs> Helmsman, let, proceed. Let it be known for the people listening that I did actually salute. You did actually salute. It is appreciated. <laughs> all right, so what have I been up to? I assume that's what you're asking me. Yeah. Um, in my games and all life. Um, as we talk about on this Game Life Balance podcast, I have been doing games... A little bit, but mainly just playing Empire Total War, really, and FTL. So that, um, that, that SFX was, <laughs> yeah. was me like sh- slapping my face in absolute shock. Yeah, mock mock horror and and surprise at what I've been playing. Yes. Um. Yeah, just keeping on going with my Empire Total War game as the British in the 1700s. Uh, so um, with this British, mm. how's the United States going? Uh, they haven't really got going yet. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to get going, are they? No, I don't think so. See, the way the game starts is that you have the 13 colonies and they're just like a protectorate of yours. They're independent of you, but... They're still part of your empire and they trade with them and stuff like that. So does history run its natural course unless you intervene? I think so. I think at some point the revolution will happen. Like the, the American Revolution will will occur and you'll and you'll be faced if you play as Britain you'll be faced with this issue of like having this war um in this very far away place to deal with um but um that's kind of been avoided because in my game the Iroquois which are a a, a tribe of uh, or, or actually a confederacy of different Native American tribes attacked the America <laughs> the 13 colonies and like like sacked New York and took a whole bunch of like cities and stuff. And I, I had to send my armies to like take it all back. But now it's all part of Britain. It's not part of the 13 colonies anymore. So I'm like I directly say, fucking brilliant move on their part. <laughs> yeah. Right. They could, that really could have avoided a lot of bloodshed. I know. But then I had to come and step in and ruin it. And they aligned with the French. So I also took all of Canada. So now like all of like French Canada is now mine. Ah, and, um, but really, who mm. really wants French Canada? Yeah. I don't think even the French want French Canada. And I'm basically just kicking the French out of North America. And now I, I control like New, like oh, New York. It's okay. <laughs> I don't want it anyway. I think there's a few cities like... Yeah, New York is, is mine. Yep. And that, that area. Um, like most of New England is like under the rule of... The direct control of, of Britain. Of the crown. Um. So you are controlling a monarchy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's interesting. The game actually has like political systems. So I'm in a monarchy, but I I have a because I'm Britain. I have like a parliament, and like, there's different ministers that run run different you know 
like parts of the state, but um, different um, states in the game that you can play as like, you know, more or less democratic. Like there are some like Prussia that are like an autocracy. Ah, They don't really have elections. Mm, (laughs) Of course. Things like that. Um, uh, So yeah, it does have this, like your, your party can be like, like the opposition can be like, can be sort of voted in. And then all your ministers change, you know? Um, and sometimes that might be good or bad for you, you know? Um, some of them are corrupt. He's <laughs> like, they'll have a guy who's like the minister of the Navy or whatever, but he's like taking money on the side and like... Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's quite funny. Um, or their, their wife might be like... Even the spouses of these characters are like potentially like impactful for the game. You can have someone, who's, cheat, you have someone who's cheating on their wife and that has like an impact on their stats kind of thing. Oh, God. It's a really weird game. It's a very strange, interesting game. Um, yeah. So, the so ex- are you playing to win or just playing to play? Uh, the when in this game, there's like limited win conditions. Like you can win if you reach like seventeen fifty and you control like this particular number of territories. Oh yeah. I'm just kind of pottering along um, and just seeing how much money I can make and just advancing my interests as a <laughs> as Britain. You know, like trying to create this this uh, trading network. The problem I'm having, though, I see with all this trade networks, because I've got all this... The, the game kind of shows you little dotted lines across the map yeah. from, like, stretching out from, like, all the ports around London and, you know, England and stuff, connecting up to trading places. Like, I've got people set up on the Ivory Coast. I've got trading ships in Madagascar. And all these little dotted lines go all the way back around the globe to, to Britain. And those dotted lines are vulnerable to attack by my enemies um they can like raid. who are your main who, they, who is your main enemy well france is the big one and they'll sometimes engage in like privateering you know they'll attack my um my trade lanes basically the bait basically as though they were pirates but my biggest threat right now are actual pirates like real proper pirates that aren't affiliated with any particular nation there's like a couple of caribbean islands where they seem to like spawn from and hang Congregate? out um and a few other places around the map and their fleets are really, really powerful and difficult to deal with because they, they capture like large galleons that have like, you know, 80 or 90 cannons on board. And most of my fleets, cause it's still fairly early in the game are mainly using like smaller ships. Yeah. So the galleons are like pretty powerful and hard to deal so with. So can you go um, and just like annex the Caribbean? Yeah, that's that what I'm doing now. I'm working slowly to like take over all these pirate strongholds, like destroy their fleets with my British fleet and then like land a force of, of British soldiers and then take the, take the city and then sort of go to the next Island. And, and I'm hoping that once I've cleared up these pirate bases, that pirates won't be such a problem for me. Right. Because it's funny because they are actually the most difficult thing I had to deal with right now hmm. is, is these gosh darn pirates, AC. Um, because yeah. if you know, a, a group of pirates sack your ship at sea and take all the loot, declaring mm-hmm. war on pirates is kind of redundant because you've kind of already declared war on pirates because yeah. they're pirates. Well, I've lost a few major battles to the pirates, which is mm. funny because that doesn't often happen in these games. And the, the irritating thing is in the, in the sea battles, you can capture enemy ships. Like if you board someone's ship and kill the crew or they surrender, you can capture that ship put and then like put, put you know, your crew onto it yeah. and you've got a new ship. And it's quite irritating to see my ships that the pirates have captured from me being used against me. Well, I suppose that's the thing, you know, yeah. as you spread your, your empire, it becomes a bit thinner. Yeah, well, it's more difficult. It's interesting, actually. That's one more of the problems autonomous. is that because this is the, the total war game with the biggest map I've ever seen. Like, mm. it's a really old one. And they've, they've sort of like 
It was is very Australia ambi- in this? No, it's just um, Europe and the Middle East, like a very big like Mediterranean and Northern okay. Europe map is one map. Yeah. Then there's another map that's like the Americas and the Caribbean down to South America. Yeah. And then a third map is India and Pakistan and like the basically the Indian okay. subcontinent. So there's no Asia. No, not really. Um, and, and I think mainly they have India there to be like this other theater of war and you can trade there and like try to control India. Yeah. Like colon- good old, it's basically a game of colonizing. Colonization, <laughs> yeah, yes. basically. That you worked out so well um, for everyone except the white people. Yeah, that's awkward. Let's move on. Yeah, so it is an interesting game to play from a political perspective, but um, I, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, and it's uh, yeah, I'll, I'll report back about my pirate problems, but I do want to know about your pirate problems. I I, I would just <clears> join <throat> them, which you can't do, but <laughs> yeah. I would still join them anyway. Mm. So what's what's going on in your so-called life? Uh, there's a lot happening, I see. A lot happening. Um, all to do with my daughter. Some of it I don't want to talk about right away, but I think I might I might spill the beans on that maybe next episode if I feel up to it. Okay. Um, but there's been some stuff. My, my daughter turned four recently. Oh, yes. Um, we were there for that. Yeah, we had the fourth birthday party at this, um, like a, what do you call it, like a miniature railroad type yeah, it's of... It's a pretty famous place in Canberra mm. called Western Park. Weston, not Western. Mm, mm. Um, in in a suburb called Yarralumla. It's kind of out uh, near Lake Burley Griffin. Yeah, it's on the, the, on the shores of the lake yeah. there. Yeah, and uh, there's a place that's been there since you and I were kids, mm-hmm. um, which is like a miniature railroad, like with a little, uh, I mean, like little tiny locomotive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's obviously like a, a four-stroke or you know some sort of uh, petrol-powered. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's steam-powered. No, it's not uh, because there's no steam coming out of it. There's, mm-hmm. there's no coal. There's there's no tank. In yeah, there. yeah. Um, but it goes through tunnels. It goes through a petting zoo, which wasn't there when we were kids. That's They've right. kind of extended it around old cars and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just a, a very simple like circular loop in our day. But now it kind of goes off, and mm-hmm. about halfway through. Our, actually, it was about three quarters of the way through when we were going across a bridge. Yeah, that's right. A very small bridge, like, you know, two ponds of water either side. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going too fast. Yeah. I would say they were going at least six, maybe seven kilometers an hour. <laughs> that's right. And the train <laughs> got derailed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It kind of came off the track. The guy kind of shrugged, got off. Got a jack, yeah. jacked the, 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 the engine at the front mm-hmm. back onto the track yep. for about five minutes yeah. like doing this mm-hmm. and just got back on and we got on. No explanation whatsoever. Yeah. Didn't say, don't worry, guys. It's all good. We're back on the rail soon. He didn't say anything. <laughs> he just got out yep. and dealt with it. Yeah. Well, we all sat there bemused like like a, like a little train full of parents and little children. Yeah. It's like, why did the train stop, daddy? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, (laughs) turns out this guy was trying to go 88 miles an hour. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. I mean, yeah, it's basically like we got a couple of laps on the train. They had a a jumping castle. They had some um, different party games like uh, sack race and um, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, The food was all served in these these railroad carriages that they'd air-conditioned and sort of popped out there and set up some tables. These are are old classic railroad carriages that put on the inside of the loops of the trains. Mm-hmm. So it was it was pretty cool because I reckon I've seen those before. Yeah. Uh, it was fun in for one the form kids. or another. Yeah. And yeah. You can, this is probably the first time I've ever been in one of those old carriages. Yeah. I and think- they were, you know, genuinely on old railroad track and stuff like that. So it was a it was a it was a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I think it's a nice it's a nice venue, I think. Um and uh, the kids all seem to enjoy it. Ruby um 
was like just really happy and running around like crazy all day and yeah we made a little special cake for her uh joanna primarily and i i helped a little bit um the cake was a this, um, uh, was an event yeah see the thing is that cake looked spectacular when it left our house yep um but it was a very hot day it was indeed um and on the way to the place the buttercream frosting that we put on it started to sort of melt and droop We'd made this Rapunzel cake because my daughter loves the movie Tangled. Um, and so we had this Rapunzel figurine that we bought online and we popped in the middle of the cake. And um, I say we, this is mainly all Joanna. Um, and then, you know, used like a like a piping thing to like make like hair for Rapunzel that sort of swirls around the top of the cake. Yeah. Anyway, all that, all the, the the piping started to sort of yeah, melt a little bit. Yeah, it didn't look like that's what it was, it was by the pr- end. It was pretty stressful getting yeah. it there because we put so much effort into that and so much thought. Um, and the fact that it was like, I mean, this is one of those like sad lessons in life is that, is there, you know what it reminds me of is that like uh, that like, that line that Homer tells his kids when they like fail at the talent, comp- talent competition where he's like, the lesson is never try. <laughs> and the thing is, like, the cake looked good, even though we didn't yeah. understand the premise that you were going for. Yeah, yeah. Mostly because I don't think I've ever seen the movie Tangled. I think if you'd seen the movie, you would have you would have got it. Yeah, um, I think it still looked pretty good, but I think it still looked pretty good. But because it wasn't as good as as, as we knew it could have looked, yeah. I think I think Joe was a bit disappointed. Um, but I, I th- but your daughter enjoyed it, and it she was loved her it. She fourth loved it so birthday much. party, so that is the main thing. She yeah. got a little toy figure at the end of it. Yeah. As well. So I think she was completely happy. I think she enjoyed the cake. And that's the important thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, all these little kids running around like crazy. It, it's it's, they're, just, they're just old enough to run around and play games, but not old enough to play organized games, like mm. sack races and egg spoon races. Yeah, they weren't quite like ready that. for it. They really didn't and want treasure to Treasure hunts. No, 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 they just wanted to run around like little idiots, I remember, which like, is fine. The, the sack race was like they had about four kids lined up. One of them was my daughter. And um, before the sack race really started, my daughter decided, right, I'm going to start. So she, off she goes. And everyone starts shouting at her, no, wait, wait. And she got, <laughs> of course, she got upset because everyone's shouting at her. So she starts crying. And, you know, I mean, this is what it's like when you've got four-year-olds. They're not really there yet in terms of, like, competitive no, games like sack race. You know? Yeah, I was yeah. looking at that thinking because mm. our daughter May is about six, seven months younger than... yeah. Eight months younger than uh, than Ruby is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there was no way for several factors, <laughs> yeah. including her sight impairment, that she there was no way she was going to do a sack race. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. letting her run around like a loon was you know was a pretty good option. Yeah, that's comparison. mainly what they did was run around screaming. Yeah, they just ran in big circles yelling, and mm-hmm. then ate sugar, and then ran around screaming more. And which is what you want from a kid's birthday party, really. Yeah, so that was that was really cute, and then we took them back to my place and. Um, uh, Ruby uh, had some time with her grandparents and a few more presents and things. We had some balloons and you guys came around, which was really nice. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to spend some more time with yeah. Ruby and, uh, and May enjoyed that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they they played with some toys. They, you know, we discovered one of the worst puzzles known to man. Yes, that puzzle is a bit on the cheap side. Uh, it's basically <laughs> balsa wood where it looks like it's got a, a 
a um, like a, a jigsaw cut out. Yeah. But when you actually try to take it out, it turns out that the bottom is still stuck through the balsa wood. Yeah, they hadn't cut through it properly. No, so, so it just literally snapped. Yeah, and actually, I suspect it wasn't actually jigsawed. It, it was like they no. did it with some other means. Yeah, they did it with a press. Yeah. It, and it's very obvious when you do something like that with a press. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, most jigsaws would be with a press these days. Um, but. but yeah, it definitely wasn't um, a functional jigsaw that was no. a shame but she had plenty of other toys too um yep. uh, she really enjoyed this little light up drawing pad um that we got uh she was yeah a whole bunch of stuff that was the, the weirdest present mm. she got was like a box of textures yeah uh, markers that had smells to them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they were all like basically huffing this chemical <laughs> smell like yeah. putting the texture up and it's going oh it smells like strawberries <laughs> Smells like brain damage. <laughs> I could um, go for some of that right now. Yeah, look, who hasn't in their darkest hours at, at high school huffed the pen? Um, look, like all of high school was my darkest hours. I think it's pretty fair to say <laughs> it was a bad time for humanity, and indeed us. Yes. Um, yeah. So that was really fun. So the little ones growing up, and that's I'm pretty proud of proud of her. Yeah, um, I can see why. The other thing that. I wanted to say about Ruby as she grows up is she's developing a bit of a sense of humor, AC. Like her old man, she's a bit of a jokester. Uh, a bit of a, yeah. a card. Yeah, that's what I'd call um, you. Yeah. 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 A comedian. Yeah, that's what I am. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Hit me with her best material. <laughs> oh, God. God. You're uh, talking to someone who's actually done a tight five in front of an audience uh, before. So, what's the so deal with bread? Well, I mean, if you put it in a toaster... Mm. It comes out as who, toast, but if you stick your fork in there, it comes out as death. That's right. What? Who? Who? Who are those settings at the far end of the toaster for? Who wants their toast burned? Not me. I do. That's my toast. That's my bread material. I, I love my. I got like ten minutes of bread material that I can work through. Um, Nobody eats bread anymore. Rob. <laughs> that's, that's that's so nineteen ninety one. Damn it. Uh, key, okay, some quinoa material. Um, some fucking <laughs> sourdough material. Um, Anyway, don't you don't you talk bad about sourdough, bitch? <laughs> my, uh, I didn't expect you to feel so passionately about this. My daughter's sense of humor is burgeoning, and her favorite joke right now okay. involves substituting words in a sentence for the word "poops" or "poo poo." Oh, goody! Yeah. yeah, So she's going through that anal phase. Yeah, she? I guess so. Well, I think she's just discovered like a word that she thinks is funny, mm. and she'll just smile at me. This big shit-eating smile, and like, like, so for example, here's an example of like Ruby's jokes. Um, I'll say to her, "All right, we have to go to the car now. We've got to go to daycare," and she'll say, "Okay, Mister Poops," and then I'll look at her, and she'll look at me with this face, just this massive open mouth smile, like can't, you can't see it at home, but just imagine someone like with their eyebrows raised, Think smiling. Luna Park, yeah, and then she'll just cackle like a witch, like. <laughs> <laughs> like that and then go that's a funny joke <laughs> that's that is basically your sense of humor to be completely fair i mean that kind of humor would go down well on the chinko wang <laughs> they need a bit of lightening up they've had a tough run oh they need it now that it's all completely blown apart yeah so yeah a bit of that so I, you know i do like that i do like a sense of humor <laughs> mr poops mr poops <laughs> I just like. Okay, do you Daddy react poop. to that? She goes, "Okay, Daddy poops," or "Okay, okay Daddy poops." That sounds like your rap name, <laughs> Daddy. Yo, poops. yo, I'm Daddy poops, but it, like poops with a Z, <laughs> like Daddy poops. Ooh. Can I submit Daddy poops with a dollar sign instead of an S? <laughs> you just 
Rob, you're just not cool enough for that, <laughs> nor do you have enough money. It's true. It's it's really. Mis- I could put a cent sign in there. It's really misleading. Daddy cents. <laughs> so that's my daughter, like cracking jokes and telling people that it's a very funny joke at the end of the joke when she's finished. <laughs> just <laughs> funny. She goes, well, you need to tell people because they might not know. Yeah, she laughs. She goes, <laughs> "That's a funny joke." <laughs> It's like something Dr. Evil would do. It's very cute. So I'm looking forward to more of her like unique, unique brand of comedy (laughs) um, in the next few weeks. It's funny. Like just these, these, these milestones are, um, are really amusing. So, uh, yeah. How are you going? Hey, so your daughter cracking poop jokes at you yet? Or, uh, she's pooping, but no, none of the jokes so far. It ain't so funny. Well, look, no, no, no. She's doing it in the toilet. So that's like, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing with regularity for that one. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah, so toilet training is going well. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it's not 100%, mm. but we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. And look, if she starts making poop jokes, I'm going to say, Hey, sweetie, do you think you can say that in Japanese? Go tell your mum. <laughs> and so she'll have to cop the, the poop joke because uh, I'm still very Victorian. And I mean the era, not the state. <laughs> that's right. No AFL for you. I really do. Yeah, that... That sort of humor has never sat well with me. Now, even as a kid, I didn't like that style of humor. It was just like, yeah. that's not, that's just gross. Like, seriously, that's gross. I'm not sure where she got it from. I think, I want to say that like someone at school probably like. Probably. Because I know don't... they find that stuff hilarious yeah. for a while. Because in my house, so we just have witty, like highbrow humor. You know? No. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Actually... If, she was, if she was to learn humor from me, it would be like, you know, deaf to wordplay. And uh, oh, and Latin and biting satire. And, oh, to Tartus! <laughs> <laughs> See, I made Rob laugh with that. Have to teach, teach, teach Ruby about asterisks. There will be a time in a girl's life. A young oh, girl's life. there is a time in a young girl's life where she will have to know about asterisks yeah. and then Tintin. Yeah, that's right. I think that's the progression. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, look, I think one of the major developments in my life recently is mm-hmm. that I got a new phone. Ah, this is not by choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're the helmsman. Okay. I might be the captain of uh-huh. this particular vessel, but there is someone around here who is the admiral, <laughs> Star Admiral for life, Maria Yoshimura, who basically ordered me. Some might say at knife point, <laughs> if I was embellishing the story, that I needed to get a new phone because my phone was acting somewhat erratic. Right, right. Kind of sending messages half done before mm. I touched anything. The, the touchscreen wasn't working and the, the battery was dying quickly. My goodness. Uh, and I had this phone for a while, mm. like three years or something, and I loved... It was a good phone. Mm. But also, I never kept it in a case. Right. And I just kept it in my pocket and I dropped it a few times. Mm-hmm. It had it had served its purpose very well. Got a bit dinged up, though, on the way. Yeah. Not the screen, but the back of it was completely scratched up right. because of my keys. I kept it in the same pocket as my keys. Oh, and right. I don't... You know, it's, it's my device. Mm. You know, mm. I'm not going to care so much about that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, fair enough. Um, mm. Originally, my the phone before the one I have now was a OnePlus 5. Okay. And uh, this time, I got the OnePlus 7 Pro. So, this is... You know, they go up in iterations every six or seven months or something like that. So okay. It's not quite every year it's kind of a bit beyond that but the pro mm. is pretty um it's pretty awesome it's about uh, a centimeter longer okay a centimeter and a half longer than my old phone mm. it's probably a similar width but it's as you can see it's all screen yeah 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 
It's uh, there's no like little like there's no notch. Has that like bit down the bottom there where it's yeah, like, and there's a notch up the top. So yeah. you, what are you gonna do when you have to take a selfie? Mm-hmm. Ah, <laughs> so when you need to take a selfie. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so cool! A little this, camera. Pops this little up. camera that pops is, up right out of the. That's the top. actually like I kind of love that, yeah. even though it feels old-fashioned. I, I don't For some it, reason, I yeah, like. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, it, I don't know if it feels old-fashioned, but it certainly it's cool. Feels you. Un- I don't know. If it's unique either, but it's kind of <laughs> kind of like it just goes. Zzz. I I'll, I'll, I'll do the noise again. I'm not sure. Okay, one you, more time. I bet they'll pick up. There we go. It's a great sound. Yeah, it's just... Um, it doesn't just go pop, and mm. then you have to press it back down. It's an actual motorized kind of noise. Yeah. So I, I'm... When I first got this phone, I was like, oh, it's good, but it might not be as good as my old phone, mm-hmm. because I liked my, oh, I really like my old phone. And this mm-hmm. is just an upgraded pro version of that. It's got like three cameras on the back. Mm-hmm. But after a few days of using it, I'm going, yeah, this is pretty fucking good. <laughs> I suppose it's pretty good. You sort of felt, you sort of grudgingly fell in love with it. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm really like, there are a couple of things I don't love. Mm. Um, but one of the things I do love is that it's got a, um, a fingerprint sensor on the front. So basically all you need to do is this and it unlocks it. There's oh, no neat. swiping or anything. It's all tuned to my fingerprint. Yeah, yeah. You can put as many fingerprints on there as you want. Oh, neat. So basically, I put my thumb and my forefinger on both hands. Mm-hmm. So if you really needed to unlock my phone, I suppose you just need to hack those off and use those. <laughs> all right, I'll remember that. Yep. Uh, and yeah, it's just, a, it's just a neat little feature. Like, rather than flicking, it's just like, meh. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's really cool. And I'm sure iPhone has had it for... Yeah. 16 years or whatever I had it for a little while I don't, really don't care uh, my problem is it doesn't work I end up having to type in the number anyway so yeah so I think I think it's probably gotten better I think this by the, the one on this it, one is really good yeah. like it like the one on my old one was on the back of the phone like you mm. need to wipe it across the back or something like that and it's like huh. it just didn't or on the front like down the bottom or something it just wasn't in the right place so I just mm. went oh fuck it I just didn't even bother having my phone locked at all right which some people would call very foolish, but, you know, if someone tried to nick my phone, I would call them very foolish. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's yeah. I am liking this phone uh, pretty much because it's all screen. Sometimes when you try and cl- you, like press the lock button or the power mm. button, you kind of accidentally press something on the screen because the screen is curved. Yeah, it is very cool looking, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, it's cheaper than a lot of other pro versions you know, mm. like the Pixel like three or four or whatever it's up to now, and the, like the iPhone eleven Pro or whatever. It's, this is cheaper than that, mm. Mm. less than a thousand bucks. And of course, I put Lam Chan phone <laughs> ring on the back, so that's good. That's cool. Where'd you get that from? Is that is it when your friends make that? Or uh, no, no, no. Uh, this is actually a legitimate product oh. um, that you can buy from Japan. Oh, neat! And it sticks to the back of your phone. So these aren't really popular in the West at the moment, but I. F- freaking love these things mm, mm. so it's basically like a, a, a perspex uh, figure of lum and a love heart mm-hmm. uh, from Urusei Atsura and it's got like a little ring attached to the back like a little metal ring and mm-hmm. you can use it to basically stand your phone up mm-hmm. uh, as like if you're at work you can just have, kind of have it sitting there and you can go do 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 I just need to check my messages quickly and tap it away rather than having it flat Right, yeah, yeah. Or you can have it when you're picking it up like that. You could can rest on your fingers, so mm. you can use it. Yeah, it's a little less painful for you. Like you yeah, you don't have to, don't have to grip it. It way. just kind of rests on the back of your fingers like a stand. Mm. So that's pretty useful as well. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy with this phone. Nice. 
Yeah, it's um, fun to have a new toy, and uh, and uh, you know, have you been have you been playing any games or anything on the phone? No, not on the phone. I will or anything fun. Get, I, I transferred all my old apps across, but not all of them transferred because they're out of date. Like I actually had a Sliders Timer app, and oh, it wow. didn't transfer across because like this is it's now out of date oh, according right. to these new phones. I'm oh. kind of pissed off about that. Damn it, you lost that app. Yeah, I did. Um, hmm. So look. I am enjoying that. I will get into my games in a second because I've got a couple of things to say about my games. Sure. Um, I kind of got obsessed with something recently. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you remember Walkmans and cassettes, those things that we used to use in the in the 80s and 90s. I do. I remember them very fondly, actually. Me yeah. too. Yeah. And because we remember them fondly, mm-hmm. they're making a comeback. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Cassettes Cassette are tapes. actually getting up towards, not as high yet, but mm-hmm. to where vinyl is oh wow now they're never going to be as good as quality as vinyl or cd Mm, but mm. there are different types of tape specifically like the co2 tape Mm -hmm. with the chromium tape that it's a very high quality yeah yeah that's almost as good as cds on tape and people love the compact discman look Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i was kind of getting back into this recently and I inherited a whole bunch of tapes from what we call the Team Happy Archives, which is my group of friends in, in high school. Oh, wow. Uh, we had a whole bunch of stupid radio shows and, like, really dumbass things that we did back then. But uh, um, mm-hmm. And I was thinking, yeah, you know what? Tapes were awesome. Especially if you could set your Walkman to high quality, which most of the Sony ones could do. None of the other cheap ones, like Sanyo or... A Y or had a, like Dolby like button or something. You yeah, could, yeah. There like, was a Dolby button, but there was also yeah. like a normal and then CO two or yeah, C two R something like that. that. You yeah. had to get a good Walkman to do that. Yeah, yeah, and that was always the Sony ones. And the eighties Japanese Walkmans look spectacular. Mm, These mm. things are motherfucking gorgeous. Mm. Like they're kind of made of like a, a printed aluminium coloured kind of metal Mm, mm. and some of them like can not only do am fm but Mm. the ones in japan and it's not relevant anymore but they could actually get a tv signal as well so you could actually tune into tv which is really cool so i went oh my god i really want one of these 80s japanese sony walkmans Mm, because mm. that would just be kind of like a very aesthetic thing and kind of a cool thing that i could connect up to the rest of my systems yeah yeah they're expensive. <laughs> Everyone wants one of these things now. Yeah. I was watching one and most of them are in a state of disrepair. Like I, you'd have to get new belts to do this. Mm, mm. They're at least like 80 to a hundred dollars mm. to get one that is not even working properly. Yeah. Yeah. So I might have to bite the bullet and see if I can either get one in a secondhand shop or maybe even buy one online. But I'm kind of determined to get one of these things because they are gorgeous. I wonder if my dad has an old one hanging around. He had a pretty cool one back yeah. in the day. and He's the kind of guy that doesn't throw things like that out. No, he might. He might have a good one. A lot of the Walkmans are very Japan only. Mm. Like they had so many models yeah. and so many good like high-end models. Mm. But not all of them got outside of Japan because you you don't need like one high-end model to disseminate against the rest of the world. Yeah. You know, you can't release the ones that pick up Japanese uh, radio television signals for audio only to the rest of the world. That wouldn't work. Yeah, there's all the sorts of rights issues and stuff as well, I'm sure, with all that. 
So I'm, I'm going to look for one next time I'm over there. And I just kind of like the idea of repairing one of these as well. Sure. Like I'm kind of kind of into that. Very analog. You're getting into the, the, the tapes. and I am. Yeah. yeah mm. I've always kind of been into that a bit. You know, what, what with the laser discs and the VHSs and the retro I games. I suppose it's the next logical step for you, really, yeah. isn't it? I do think that the original Walkman does have a really cool look. Like that. It's a very iconic piece of technology. It is. And really was a game changer. Like it's hard to... You have to remember that there was a time when you couldn't just walk around listening to music or the radio. No. You, could, you just couldn't. That was not an option. And even the very um, first Walkman, yeah. they thought Sony wasn't sure if it was going to be a hit. Mm. So it had these interesting functions like the ability to record, the ability to adjust your headphones in the left and right channel independently, yeah, yeah. and no radio. Yeah, no radio. No. Yeah. Uh, and this was uh, 1978 or 1979, I do believe. And of course, it was a massive hit. Everyone wanted to listen to them on the radio. There were massive complaints about, oh my God, people are listening and not talking to other people. But nobody ever talked to anyone on the train. Mm-hmm. Bunch of fucking freaks if you catch the train. Yeah, it's the same thing that people say about phones now. It's yeah. like, everyone's looking at their phones. No, no one's paying attention. It was always attention. the Walkman, but then it was yeah. newspapers before that. Yeah. And it was books and, you know. Mm-hmm. All the way back to the first guy that wrote something down. And they yep. were like, oh, yeah. now no one's going to pay attention to the bears that are trying people to kill us. People have to listen to me because I'm important <laughs> is really what people like that are saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll report back next oh, cool. year. I, I like to hear about, I, I like this idea of like you getting into like repairing weird old Walkman. Well, I did one over the weekend because I got yeah. a $5 model mm. of like a 90s Walkman and they still have the... Um, the tape player, and this one was a digital one, so it was probably late 90s. Mm. And it wasn't uh, in too bad disrepair. It played tapes, because mm-hmm. I have an Elvis cassette lying around. Okay. And it had the CO, you know, like the, the metal uh, button that I could slide across and make it do that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it worked fine. And I went, oh, I don't need to do that. I just need to clean the heads and make it a bit cleaner and stuff. So mm. for five bucks... Working Walkman, not going to say no. Nice. But what I'm really after is one of those, uh, one of those 80s deals. Mm-hmm. Um, quickly, the games that I've been playing. Um, basically, in the past week or so, I really got back into the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Huh, okay. So, for those who don't know, it's basically like a... They're about a similar sort of device to the Game Boy Advance, but maybe about a year before. Okay. No backlight, runs off two double A's, but plays a lot of SNK and a few Capcom games as well. So right. Neo Geo's always had a bit of a a bit of a brand premium to it. I'm not even sure if it was released in Australia. It probably was, but maybe not in any significant way. It was a bit bigger in in America, but of mm. course, a lot better in Japan. Yeah. So, uh, one of the games I was playing was SNK versus Capcom, uh, Match of the Millennium. So, I'm guessing it was released in the year 2000. Yeah. Um, which is like a basically a chibi version of of uh, a fighting game with only two buttons. Right. Of SNK versus Capcom. I was Sakura, and I got significantly way through the game you can actually have tag teams and stuff like that as well i got to zangief i think it was and because i chosen mostly light agile characters i got my ass handed to me oh boy okay um <laughs> I, uh, gal fighters which was a um another it's kind of i don't know i think they really wanted to call it queen of fighters rather than gal fighters mm. and mm. it may have been called that in some sector of the world okay 
but it was basically a whole lot of uh, just female-only SNK characters just going at it. In, right. Once again, in chibi form, because you only got those two buttons, basically. Sure, sure. So a much simplified version. Very, of very simplified. But the, the, the joystick is clicky. So you know where you're aiming. Like it goes click, 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 oh, click. Wow. No matter where you go, you'll hear the clicking sound of the joystick. And I love that feel because huh. it's, it's very, it's so tactile. Mm. I never actually like experienced something like that before. You know, yeah. okay. Just uh, give me one okay. second. Yeah, I'm just right. going to keep talking for a while AC goes and gets uh, this. Uh, running across the room as fast as he can because he's got it right here. <laughs> I'm yeah, actually that. not that fat anymore. But no. I'm, I'm still it. large, but here we go. Oh, wow. So yeah, have a Perhaps. have a have a feel of that. Oh, you know what? You're right. It's it just there's there's a feel. It's about got some it. good resistance to it. It too. really does. It so actually you, feels. You know when you're making a move. Feels pretty good, like compared to a Game Boy or something. This is like mm. it's up there. And mm. you know what I found? Like when I was turning these games on, there was something that was sounding really familiar to me. Mm. I'm not sure if we're going to get it on this game here. So this is uh, SNK versus Capcom. Now, does that kind of music or noise sound familiar? Because it sounds a lot like me, like the Master System. Yes. Like with this, it does, those doesn't it? Those sounds. particular sounds. Yeah, you're right. Like you're kind right. of higher pitched than the NES. Mm. And, and that, like sort of that wah wah kind of sound. Like something you hear in Choplifter or something like that? It, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Mm, so, mm. there's just something about this. Maybe it has the same sound chip and it was super cheap. Or maybe it's a similar one. Or maybe we're just imagining it because we love the Master System. But it just <laughs> it's it had that sound and I just... Mm. I was hearing it today going, I'm really digging this soundtrack. And I went, oh... Hang on, it's not just the soundtrack I'm digging, it's the type of sound I'm listening yeah, to. Yeah, okay, something about the sound chip on that just must be doing it for you. It really does. Mm, um, okay. I also I have two pretty, not rare, but sought after games for it, uh, which is Metal Slug 1 and 2. Oh, nice. Metal Slug 1 is, it, it's it's like a Metal Slug, but almost like an 8-bit, maybe 16-bit So, so it's version. not quite arcade. Not yeah. okay quality because it's, you know, it is a handheld and it's mm. not, it, you know, we're not talking, it, it was top of the range for its time. But this is like 20 years old of, now, yeah, right? Yeah, literally 20 years old. Yeah. Um, and a lot of what happened in Metal Slug, and it's a unique Metal Slug game, like there mm. aren't any others that are exactly like this one. It's not like a slimmed down version where you're in like a, like a plane and it's a shoot 'em up and stuff. Oh, yeah. But Metal Slug 2 really brings in the arcade and it's got a lot of like voice synthesis. Oh, wow. And you're fighting enemies, a lot more enemies on screen. There's a lot more background stuff going on. And you even get into a sub and it's kind of like a shooter underwater and stuff like that. Cool. It's got a lot more mechanics. And it's, yeah, those two games are actually really cool. And I really want to explore them a bit more. Nice. Nice. Seems like they, make, they put some effort in making like a home version that's got a bit more variety than the, the, the arcade. Yeah, because I don't yeah. think you can have two players. Like this thing does have a link cable, but there doesn't <clears> seem to be. And I do have the link cable, hmm. but I don't have a second... Uh, copy of 
um, metal slug, metal slug, or an actual yeah. Neo Geo. You need to find color. someone else that has that unique combination yeah, of items. And there aren't too many of those <laughs> left in the world. Trust me, because yeah. this is a bit of a rare item, especially in Australia. <clears throat> I'd imagine. Yeah. So, um, I guess, I suppose that brings us into the quiz. Yeah, that's right. Blathered on long enough. Sure. Um, well, if you're happy to, to move on. Um, I definitely am. I was really want to talk about Metal, Metal Slug 2 for the Neo Geo Pocket Color because it was just a, such a fun game. It just sounds interesting with all those different, like, level types that you don't normally see. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Kind of taking it to a different it, direction. It went somewhere else. And you still get the Metal Slug and you still do that. And the, But the clicky... St- stick really helps when you're in the metal slug as well <laughs> it does sound like yeah that something about a good stick it just it's hard to it's hard to beat it really is well i see for this space themed episode of the uh the game life balance podcast i thought we would do a space themed quiz so this is the is it canon quiz space edition Ooh, my. yeah okay is it canon is basically a true or false quiz where i read out Something that purports to be like some lore from a video game or some kind of part of the story of a video game, backstory or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And you tell me whether I would made that up or whether it's true or not. Now, I expect for some of these you're going to be wild ass guessing, but some yep. people at home might know these games, so it should be fun for everyone. All right, play so, along. Uh, so let's play Is It Canon Space Edition, AC? Question one. In the comedy science fiction adventure game Space Quest... Was that first, a comedy? Yeah. Oh, first wow. released in October 1986. Yep. I uh, played it many, many, many years ago. So in that game, the protagonist, Roger Wilco, is a janitor. True. Correct. He is a janitor. Yeah. That is true. That's, and, and if you don't like pick up one piece of kit at the mm-hmm. very beginning of the game, then you're fucked at the very end. <laughs> it's a real dickish game. Uh, question number two. In the 2008 survival horror game Dead Space, the space zombies you fight are called necromorphs. That sounds so stupid, so I'm going to say true. Correct, they are called necromorphs. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make that up. Uh, question three. In the 2003 computer role-playing game Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, oh, yeah. the events of the game take place 1,000 years before the events depicted in the Star Wars movies. No, it's longer than that. It's much, much before that. So I'm going to say false. Correct. It is false. 4,000 years. Yep. Well done. Question number four. The enemies you fight in the Space Flight Sim series Wing Commander are a race of insectoid people called the Mantids. Ooh, false. Correct. It is false. The, uh, they're the Kilrathi. Kilrathi yeah. and the cat people. That the yeah, cat people. I remember the cat people. Mm. I remember what's his name? Um, uh, Fugly Joe. Mark Hamill. Was Mark it. Hamill was in like the third one, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah with a cat person. Yeah. Uh, yes, that game's famous for its bad sort of FMV full motion video yeah, sequences. Yeah. That was one of the first ones I saw with FMV. I think at the time it probably wasn't considered. I don't. Bad. I don't actually think Mark mm. Hamill is Fugly Joe. I just couldn't remember his name. <laughs> <Fugly Joe. laughs> I'm sure you won't take too much offence at the Game Life Balance Towers here in Canberra, <laughs> Australia. Look, we we wield all the power now, um, says the man who's getting paid millions of dollars to be in a movie. Um, the events depicted in the 1985 arcade shooter Space Harrier okay, yep. uh, take place in a location known as the Fantasy Zone. Yes, true. True. 
Yes, That's I correct. knew that. Uh, and which makes me speculate: is it the same place that Opa Opa hangs out in? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. One's two D, one's faux three D. There you go. So the, the 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 fantasy zone, something that Yu Suzuki dreamt up in his weird brain, and 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 uh, now it's a place that you shoot like mammoths in and stuff. Yep, basically. Shoot a weird cyclops mammoth in the face with a, with a laser gun. That game was always so much better in concept than it was in actual... Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a classic like, gimmick game. You know yeah. that one? Yeah. All right, question 6AC. In the 1993 SNES game or SNES game Star Fox, yep. the name of the fictional solar system where the game takes place is called the Lilac System. True. False. It's actually the Lilat system. Lilat. Oh, you. Oh, I missed I it said because lilac. It, oh, lilac, yeah, not yeah. lilac, because lilac, lilac. is because yeah. in Australia, mm. uh, the uh, Star Fox sixty four was called Lilat sixty four. Lilat. Yes. 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 And I have that game, and I misheard you when oh, you said so that. Sorry. I thought, ah, oh, you're trying to trick me, but that was no. tricky. Yeah, that was a tricky one because lilac. I have terrible hearing. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. My terrible hearing. All right. Well, question number seven, AC. Yep. Let's take it back to the 80s again. In the 1987 Sega JRPG, that's Japanese role-playing game, mm-hmm. Fantasy Star. JRP, yep. The solar system where the game takes place is centered upon the real-life triple star system Algol in the constellation Perseus. Oh, yeah, true. True, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> it is, yes. Mm-hmm. It's, Algol is, is where Fantasy Star is set. Uh, in the rocket, this is question eight. Yep. In the rocket flight simulator game Kerbal Space Program, oh boy, the nearest moon to the planet Kerbal is simply called Moon, spelled M-U-N. Uh, I'm going to say true, just because they lack creativity. Uh, that's true. Yes, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Both counts. <laughs> uh, question number three. In uh, question number nine, sorry. In the 2016 space exploration game No Man's Sky, yep. there are three primary alien races the Vakoon, mm-hmm. the Sly, and the Chromax. False. Correct. There are four. Correct. No, there are three, but they are called the Viking, the Gek, and the Corvax. But what about the humans? Uh, I don't know. They're, they're, they're only humans. Well, they, but they're not on Earth, so they're aliens. <laughs> Well, so I'm, I'm going to count that for me. There we go. Another point for me. No, you were right. You said false. Yeah, I was false. <laughs> you don't have to argue. You're winning. No. <laughs> I don't care. Question. All the points come to the captain, uh, Helmsman. This is the final question. Question number 10. Okay. In the popular science fiction video game series, Mass Effect. That's not popular. I've never heard of that. The name of the protagonist is Commander Caden. False. Correct. The the name of the commander is everybody? John. Commander Shepard. Yeah. John Shepard. Well, you can be like different Shepard. You can be a fe- you can be Femme Shepard. You can no, be Lady Sean John Shepard from from Stargate Atlantis. <laughs> that's the that's the name of the guy who led he was the main character. John Shepard. Sure. Yeah, exactly. There you go. See? Sure. Stargate it's, did it first. It's all about Stargate. Well yeah. That's the truth. You know um, how many games that there are based off Stargate? Mm. Not many, and none of them are good. <laughs> There's probably some, aren't there? Um, there are some. There's some based off the original movie. I have the SNES Stargate game. Not good. I have the Game Boy game, which is a puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Also, not very good. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. So, I actually got nine out of yeah, those. that might be the best you've ever done. 
So, I have got 10 once before. Have once, you? yes. Have just you? once. Really? I can't remember that. Well, I'll take your word for it, but well done you. You're very knowledgeable about all things space and video games. Which is odd because I don't actually play a lot of science fiction video games, but I do consume a lot of science fiction television and movies. Mm. Interesting. Maybe you can just tell when I'm bullshitting you on. <laughs> Maybe that's... Well, it has been 92 fucking episodes. So. Yeah. And pretty used to my lies. Yeah. So uh, how about we uh, we wrap it up, baby? Sure. Well, um, we hope you've enjoyed listening to the Game Life Balance podcast. Actually, before we do that, AC. Yep. Okay. What's going on with the Gunner Geek Network? We should read out a Gunner Geek Network promo read. After all, this is the one thing they asked us to do. Yep. The one thing. So the least we can do is read this out. So um, on the Gundy Geek Network, there are lots of shows, AC. Different shows about different things. I think this week, let's talk about a show it's called clicky. the official GunnerGeek.com show. Actually, one of the more... Clicky. I think this is one of the more like high quality shows on the Gunny Geek Network. Mm-hmm. The Gunny Geek dot com show i have tuned into those guys before yeah it's actually, fun aside from my clicky wheel stuff that i was doing with my um neo geo pocket color uh those guys do do a good yeah they do they actually know what they're doing it's like a fun sort of variety show a little mm. bit of sci-fi a little bit of tech a little bit of geek culture and it's all geek yeah it's just it's just different forms of geek different types of geek yeah. um so i'm going to read out this little okay. pre-written blow copy. me up baby each week on the official gunnergeek.com show hosts steven chris and stargate pioneer get together to discuss the latest happenings in the world of geek i have worked with chris before from space to sci-fi comics to tech, gaming, and more, there's a ton of geeky talk in this podcast. So do check out the official GunnerGeek.com show, uh, part of the Gunner Geek Network, AC, which you and I are also part of. We are indeed a part of the Gunner Geek We signed our lives and indeed souls away. I don't have a soul, so, you know, that that doesn't mean jack shit to me. Those suckers don't know that, though, do they? (laughs) Those suckers. I gave your soul twice. Stephen John Drew doesn't even know. He's got a useless soul. (laughs) <laughs> he's got a, he's got a, well, he's got one soul and one defective soul. He doesn't even know it. Um, one non-existent soul. Because we hope you've enjoyed listening to the Game Life Balance Australia <laughs> podcast, the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. You can visit us on the web at gamelifebalanceaustralia.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll find links to our podcast feeds, video content. Uh, there is a new video content with uh, Transformers related up there. Believe it or not. And uh, links to our sister show in the US, if they ever get back to it. If not, I'm going to give them two weeks before we rescind the rights to their name. And they have to stop paying us, bitch. <laughs> because the last time I said that, they actually did something. I think it was complete coincidence, but like, they keep threatening they're going to do something. Anyway, follow me at Protelli for lots of uh, anime bikini girls and the occasional uh, like retro game tweet. Mm-hmm. Our official Twitter is GLB Australia. It shows signs of life. Yeah, there's reasons to follow that account now, maybe. Uh, Perhaps you just... Someone who is in charge of that account needs to keep tweeting at a regular <laughs> rate, is all I'm saying. It's tricky, it's tricky. Helmsman. Uh, look, we'll see what, see what I can do. I'm going to get some... Aye, new- aye, Captain. I'm going to buy a new game. Aye, I, aye, Captain. I'm, I'm not going to say that. Okay, fine. Aye, Captain. You can't make me. Oh, yeah? Don't. Don't do this. Don't. <laughs> Aye, Captain. No. Thank you. There you go. He said it. Under duress. Under duress. All right. Uh, give us a positive. If you haven't given us a positive <laughs> rating not. by now, you're Probably not going not to. 
But seriously, hmm. rate us positive. Do that. Do that. Thank you very much, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Toodaloo. Toodaloo week time. Toodaloo. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Chinko. <laughs>